Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Niner Sports Talk presented by Uptown Audio. I'm Cameron Williams here with my co-host. Bradley Cole, and it's good to be with you, Cameron. I know it's been a while, but we have a special guest with us today. Yeah, very special guest. Talk about some important news about Charlotte moving to the American Conference. I'll bring in Mike Hill now. Mike, how you, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and dive right into the American Conference, and you know, let's talk about what it took to get Charlotte into the American. I know there was a lot of dominoes that had to fall in the right place to get us here, so I'll let you expand upon that. Well, I, it, it really goes you know, way back. It wasn't just when Texas and Oklahoma made their decision this summer, although that certainly triggered the dominoes. But you know, when I arrived here in March of 18, we talked about it a lot as a staff and as a team here. This was a high priority for us that one day we envisioned being in, in this league because of a lot of factors. One is that it's largely urban-based universities. Many of, of the conference members we have been colleagues with in the past and various iterations of other leagues. Um, and, you know, to have an in-state rival with ECU, all those things were really important to us. And it was a platform that, that it provides that's really transformational for our athletic program and our university with the television contracts. They've done a tremendous job with that league uh, the American partnering with ESPN, with CBS. I just think about this weekend, for example, I think they have five conference games this weekend and four of them are on ESPN, one of the ESPN uh, television networks. Only one of them is a streamed game. So, you know, all of those things were a focal point for us when we arrived here three and a half years ago. There had been some legwork done even prior to my arrival by Judy Rose and her staff in preparation for this as well. And so that was helpful information. Of course, that was an, uh, enough time had passed that we really had to rework some things to be prepared. But we wanted to be poised and be ready because we knew that whenever the day came, we had to be ready on that day and we couldn't start preparing that day. You know, and so because these things move fast and they move fast every time you see a conference realign, they they tend to say, well, we're going to be deliberate. We're going to take our time. But that rarely happens. You know, I think presidents and chancellors and ADs and commissioners all get a little anxious, you know, and they want to go ahead and, and fill their their league back uh, those, those vacancies. So. Uh, so, yeah, so I would say we really started in earnest. Uh, in three and a half years ago, and then you know continued to update and work that plan over the course of the last few years. So when we were informed of the changes this summer and knew that Texas and Oklahoma were going to leave and opened up Big Twelve opportunities, you were confident the American would have teams that would that would move over. So that was really what what that was that was sort of the timeline of when we began preparation. You know, and of course there's more to it moving forward, but that was the trigger. So. Why do you think, uh, kind of tracking back to the conference realignment as a whole, why now? You, you see Texas, Oklahoma go to the SEC, and it's just a domino effect to there. So do you maybe have any insight, uh, not only to why Charlotte finally made, made this move now, but why the other conferences really decided, or the other teams decided to make this move? What, is it TV deals? Is it kind of just the timing of contracts ending, that sort of thing? It's a combination of factors. I think, you know, Texas and Oklahoma – when they made the announcement, it was it was a bit of a surprise to industry insiders. It wasn't a surprise that Texas in particular was, had a wandering eye um, and that Oklahoma might be joined at the hip with Texas. But I think the timing of it caught many people off guard in the industry. So, you know, once they made that decision and they made that in the best interest of their institutions, 
the Big 12 had to respond. And so you could see this coming, right? It's like chess. It's how many moves down the, the, the way are we going to have to make? And, and so you could, you could really assess who might be candidates, who could bring value to the Big 12. And the Big 12 sought to add three schools out of the American, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, along with, uh, along with BYU. Well, those three schools in the American made the decision because, again, the media rights agreements in the Big 12 and the platform of the Big 12, it's a Power Five conference, uh, were legitimate. And it, was, it, it, it exceeded anything they currently had, just as this new arrangement for us will exceed anything that we've had in our current league. So that, that's really why schools make those decisions. It's, it's for exposure. It's certainly for resources, to generate more resources, to reinvest. It's for, you know, to raise your competitive level. And obviously, you're making decisions that you feel are going to benefit your fan base, your student athletes, and your university. And so I realized that, or I noticed rather, that they took a lot of the major market cities as far as the schools they took, and they moved to the American. Um, I guess what does it, you know, mean for you as an athletic director to see, you know, the city support the school in this transition and. You can go as far as to say, you know, what are we going to do to raise funds? You just expand upon that. You know, what is it going to take moving forward to, you know, gain recognition for the program as a whole? Our city wants us to be successful, you know, and that's one of the one of the many things I love about Charlotte is that, you know, we first of all, it's a it's a, it's a great sports town, great sports city. Yes, there are pro sports that, that the city loves. It's a Panthers Hornets city for sure. It's going to become F- Charlotte FC as well. You got the Knights, you got the Checkers, but it's also a great college sports town. It really is. And so you have sort of this overlap of people who have allegiances. It may be ACC, it may be SEC. And certainly there are a lot of Niners here. We have 80,000 alums that live, you know, with within an hour of, of the city. So a lot of Niners here as well. So it's a great sports city. And I can tell you unequivocally the leadership, uh, the business corporate leadership, civic leadership of uh, Charlotte. They've embraced this opportunity for us to join the American, and they're behind it. And we've had a lot of conversations with some key people in the community over the past few months to try to position ourselves to be ready for this moment because we're going to need some help to elevate the program. This is just the next step for us. Like, we worked really, really hard to get the opportunity to be in the American. Well, now that we're going to be in the American, we got to work even harder so that we can be a legitimate competitive program at that level. And it's going to require, you know, a lot of hard work by, by many people. But it's exciting to see. And this city, I think, is going to really be pleased with, you know, what we're able to bring to the community because of this new affiliation. So, you know, you were talking about working with different people inside the community. I've seen different places written that, you know, you could work with potential the Panthers and, you know, using that stadium just like they because they've had a couple of college football games there this year in particular. So what. What help do you expect the community maybe pitch in, like maybe expand on the Panthers, maybe helping out if they if you ever need them, right? Like me potentially don't won't need to use their stadium, but if they ever needed to host, if you needed to host a big event, what would that help look like? You know, we have tremendous relationships with the leadership of those organizations. You know, the Panthers and the Hornets and the Knights in particular, Charlotte, certainly Charlotte FC, you know, related to to the Panthers under uh, uh, the, the Tepper Sports umbrella. And so, you know, I, I think that it remains to be seen what we might need. But one of the things that we that we did as a part of the preparation process is knowing that we have the smallest stadium currently at the FBS level, that if that were a concern of the American, that we could be able to go to them and say, Look, we have the ability to play a game or games at Bank of America if necessary. 
not meaning that we're intending to move all our games there. We're going to play games on our campus. We have a beautiful stadium on our campus. We're going to expand the stadium at the right time, all of those sorts of things, right? But we wanted to undercut any concern that the league might have about having a smaller facility. And, and, and so, honestly, it didn't really become a major issue for, for us in getting into the American, but we didn't want to leave that to chance. And so the Panthers were great. We have a tremendous relationship with the Hornets. You know, we're playing a game this year in December against Wake Forest at Spectrum. And we play games that, you know, of course, uh, uptown, you know, with the Knight Stadium at Truist. So so we, we've got we've got some great relationships. And that just, I think, speaks again to how special this community is, because it's not that way in every city where you have pro sports. It's not. We have that here, and we're really grateful for that. And so can you speak a little bit? I know Mike Maresco said that this was not necessarily just a football move. I know we've talked a lot about the football aspect of it so far. But can you speak on what this is going to do for our other sports like basketball, baseball? I know with the in-state rivalry with ECU that it's going to be a big baseball rivalry. You know, we played them in the postseason this past season. So can you you know, expand upon what it's going to do for some of our other sports as well? This is a boon for every sport that we have. You know, I would say that may, maybe the only sport that, that uh, you could say it's an, an equivalent move could, could be men's soccer. You know, the Conference USA has a maybe one of the top two or three men's soccer SEC leagues in the football. country. Yeah, it's, it's like fantastic. It's, it's, they're stacked from top to bottom, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's a stacked league, you know, but hey, the American is no slouch in men's soccer either. I mean, you look at Tulsa, for example, who's top 10 in the RPI right now, men's soccer. SMU traditionally really, really good. Obviously, we're going to dr- bring a great program as well. So there, there are several programs there that are super competitive. So it, we're going to be fine in men's soccer for sure. And I think if you look across the board, this is a chance to elevate all of our other sports. Um, I'm super excited about the impact on the sports, uh, sports men's and women's basketball. And, and Conference USA, don't get me wrong, has really elevated its performance in basketball the last few years. However, this men's basketball league in particular, you consider Memphis, Wichita State, Temple, Tulsa, SMU, programs that are traditionally excellent basketball programs, and, and, and some schools that we've been in the leagues with before in the past, South Florida, Tulane, you know, we'll have be back in the league with ECU. So there, there's just there's just so much excitement and, and some really good programs coming with us in basketball from from Conference USA. North Texas won the league last year. They won their first round game in the NSA tournament. UAB has unbelievable tradition on and on. Right. So so my point is this. I think men's basketball, this may be one of the most impact impacted sports uh, in a great way. And at the competitive level is going to really uh, elevate. And women's hoops is, is excellent too. You know, USF, for example, has been a perennial top 15 team the last few years. Some other really good programs there as well. You know, some other sports that jump out to me just off the top of my head are the bat and ball sports, baseball and softball. I think two more really, really uh, great sports that the, that league sponsors. You know, I know Ashley Chastain has done a phenomenal job building our softball program. And we're going to be joining a league now that's that's the real deal. I mean, it's going to be super competitive, but uh, exciting. And baseball, you know, you're joining a league that has programs like Tulane, who've been in the, who's been in the College World Series many times. East Carolina has phenomenal tradition. You know, we went to Greenville and played them toe to toe at the regionals this year, and it was an awesome atmosphere. So that that's all just great for all those sports. And I mean, every single sport we have will benefit from this move. It seems like everyone's kind of at the at the tip, or you know, they're they're right there to get off that brink. You got the women's basketball team picked first to go in the conference. I wanted to go back basketball a little bit because when you look at the history of Charlotte and the teams they played, you look at the stint uh, in Conference USA. I could be wrong, but I mean, when they, they played some real competition, you had Louisville, I think you had Memphis, you had these real blue blood teams. 
do you think that's going to be where uh, this team's going to go back to? And, and both men's and women's, because now the women's team will be playing stiffer competition, and they've kind of shown they can play with those big dogs, if you will. Uh, so if you could expand on the basketball side and what that could mean to get the program back on track, since it's been a while since at least the men's team has been in uh, prominence. It's, it's, been, it's been too long, right? And so I think this is going to be an automatic boost and boon to both of our programs in basketball. There's no question about it in my mind. I think, you know, one of the first things I heard when I arrived here was um, when, when can we go back to the good old days? You know, when, when Halton was <laughs> full, we're playing Cincinnati and Louisville yep. and, and, Memphis. and Memphis. And well, guess what? We're going to be back in a league now. It's, you know, it doesn't have some of those schools, but it has, it does have uh, many really outstanding programs. Wichita State, Final Four team a few years ago, you know, uh, Memphis, outstanding hoops, Temple, Tulsa, SMU, on and on. So, yeah, there's no question. If you talk to both of our basketball coaches, heck, if you talk to any of our coaches right now, they will tell you, in the just in the since we made this announcement a little over a week ago, that the impact on recruiting is palpable. Um, you know the players that whose doors have reopened because of where we're going to be competing now. With players, coaches, we have their attention, and so um, yeah, I think Coach Sanchez and Coach Consuegra and I believe that this is um, an absolutely huge opportunity for both our programs to kind of get back to and maybe exceed what we've ever done. And so what can this move do for coach retention? And what I mean by that is from the moment Healy got here and he had a you know good first season, the pessimists and all that want to say, oh, where's he going? They don't think he'll stick around. What does this move do for not just football, but any sport as far as coach retention? Because, you know, moving to a bigger conference, you mentioned recruiting. It's going to make recruiting profiles a lot better for every coach in any sport. So can you speak on that a little bit? I think that this league has proven itself over the past several years as really the premier league in the group of five. Now there's a membership change here. And so we're going to have to perform with some new members and ourselves included there. But we believe that we can continue to compete at a really high level of the American. And and what that means is that, you know, outside of the quote unquote power five, the autonomy five, you know, this is, this is as good as it gets. And so I think for any of our coaches, um, you know, this is, this is, this is a really great opportunity because they're not having to climb even within the group of five ranks. So I, yeah, I think from a retention standpoint, our coaches are energized by this decision. They're energized by this move. They understand how, uh, how special it is, how it's going to create uh, more competitive uh, opportunities for our teams. So I think, yeah, for sure. Now, Hey, I can't promise you we can retain our coaches forever because, you know, Ohio state comes knocking and they want to, you know, quadruple a salary or you know, 10 times the salary, that's okay. You know, okay, we'll wish you well. <laughs> um, you know, you can't, you know, there's certain things you can't control. And I've said this many times, I want our coaches to be coveted because if they're not coveted, it means we're not performing. And so we're performing and therefore our coaches are in demand. That's a good thing. But we will, this will give us a chance to, to develop more resources as well. That gives us a chance to try to retain some of those great coaches who we brought on board and, and some of the coaches who were already here. Yeah. I, one thing I keep on wanting to go back to, and that's, it's just because you know when you go into this league and you you watch these other games on ESPN. I mean, every single week there's a lot of uh, American teams playing. Of course, you have Cincinnati, one of the top teams in the country. So when it comes to resources in the stadium, is there a timeline? Correct me if I'm wrong, because you could easily expand that stadium, uh, Jerry Richardson, today. You know, now in today's world, is there a timeline on that, or is that something that let's get in the conference, let's get our feet wet and We'll, we'll talk about that later. 
We certainly have a sense of urgency to do it, but it's not something that happens overnight either. There's a, an enormous amount of fundraising that has to be done, uh, a lot of planning that has to be done. Now, it's helpful that we already have, you know, the initial plans in place. And and that helped us with the American. We were able to provide them our plans to expand the facility basically into at least two phases to get us, you know, to a capacity that, that would be comparable to some of the other schools in that league. You know, but I also tell you this, our attendance has to drive those conversations. You know, the old saying is you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't build a church for Easter Sunday. And so you don't build a stadium, you know, for one game a year and then it sits half empty the rest of the year. So we've got to demonstrate a market demand and value, uh, as well. And our fans have to show up. They've got to buy tickets. And look, our fans, our attendance this year has been as good as I've seen since I've been here, especially our student attendance has been off the charts. But, um, you know, we've had three really good or four really good crowds so far. But, you know, we need to continue to do that. Our next game against Rice uh, which is homecoming, part of Niner Nation Week. General admission tickets are sold out now. You know, we have just some some uh, single-game uh, seating available in the reserve sections, but that's going to be a packed house for that game, which is awesome. And then you end the year against Marshall. So if we can have two more great crowds this year, our, our attendance is going to be really special. But we have to demonstrate that to justify spending whatever it's going to cost. I mean, 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars to, to do that. And, and so I can tell you this though, the American was impressed by how we look right now on television. Their commissioner commented to me after we beat Duke on CBS Sports Network, how awesome the atmosphere looked because it was, <laughs> you know, I bet that game paid dividends. In it this. paid a huge yep. dividends. And, you know, you could say it shouldn't be about one game and it's not. But recency bias is a thing, and I think a lot of people saw that on national television. You know, we pulled out an amazing win in front of a, a raucous crowd. It looked great on television. So, you know, hey, you can have a 40,000-seat stadium, and, and it's only a third full, and it doesn't look so great. So we're, we're getting there, and we're demonstrating it. we got to continue to climb and grow as a fan base to make that next move. What do you think the TV deals that the American currently has with ESPN will do for gaining a larger fan base in general? Look, it, it, it's it's going to be a game changer for us because it's, let's be honest, it's kind of hard to find our game sometimes. Um, you know, you look at this weekend schedule, for example. Now, our game this weekend's on ESPN Plus, and most people have figured out ESPN Plus. And the American has a deal with, you know, every league that's with ESPN uses ESPN Plus. I mean, Big 12, ACC, SEC, everybody. So that's okay, right? Um, but I think the difference is, as I mentioned earlier, there are a number of games each weekend in football and throughout the basketball season that are on the linear channels, the TV channels. So whether it's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, it's on a, on a television network. And that's, that's, that's tremendous. So, yeah, I think that the exposure that we're going to get is going to impact not only our fan base, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact recruiting in a way that, you know, in our current situation has just been a struggle. You know, we've got like four different TV partners in our current conference, Conference USA. So sometimes that can be a challenge. You know, you've, you've got CBS Sports Network, which is a great partner. ESPN is a partner of ours, but they don't show a ton of games on linear. And then you have Stadium, which is another partner, but not everybody gets Stadium. And it can be. And then you have Conference USA TV, which is one of the streaming services. Uh, so there's just there are a lot of different platforms, right? And so I think that um, you know having a chance to be sort of streamlined through the ESPN and CBS platforms will be a great thing for our program. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at TV thing, I think playing on Saturdays mainly, too, will kind of help. And I know every conference plays on, you know, weird games for, for TV purposes. But I just think overall, the American plays more most of their games on the weekend. 
what do you think will this bring more tradition in the sense of it brings more if it brings a fan base that kind of can like I don't know the uh, general audience right like everyone knows the American at this point because you see Cincinnati you see teams that are playing very well so do you think this will bring more fans in the sense of like people that maybe went to the school or live around here and uh, have we seen any of that yet in the, the, the early stages of this? Yeah, I think for sure that's going to happen. First of all, we're going to reignite a rivalry with East Carolina. Yeah, are you excited for that? Okay. Oh, my gosh. That, that's such a huge piece of this. you know. And and ECU was tremendous in their support of us to, to get in the league, and that should not be lost on anyone. We're really grateful to East Carolina, their chancellor, their AD, everybody, for supporting our membership. And so it gives them a chance, though, too. I mean, it goes both ways, right? ECU has a tremendous alumni base in Charlotte, so there, it makes sense for them to have Charlotte in the league so they can come here into their alumni and they'll, they'll, they'll bring a ton of fans when we play baseball and football and basketball. But when you think about the football equation again for a second, you know, every other year we're going to play ECU. I mean, we don't have enough seats in the stadium for that right now. I mean, today we do not have enough seats, so we're going to have to figure that out. Right. And that's a great problem to have. You're going to be playing football teams like Navy. Think about, we play the Naval Academy on national television. Everybody knows Navy, you know, play Memphis, you know, I mean, SMU's top 25 this year. You know, it's just, there's so many great football opportunities now for us. And then we talked about basketball already, but Memphis, Wichita State, Temple, playing them in hoops, it's a different deal. Yeah, well, as you're saying, even you got UTSA coming with with those teams and they're top 25, a shocker. You've been around sports and this business for a long time. You were at Florida. What does it mean to get a, a school that literally 2015 you go in conference USA and now because of the football program you're saying hello to the American what does that mean to not only the, the coaches but what does it mean kind of you as a director and your team to see that happen well I take a lot of pride not for myself but for our, our whole university and our whole fan base because look if we were not worthy of being admitted and invited then we wouldn't have received the invitation and that's because of the work of so many really great people, including our fans, you know, and including a great city we have in our backyard. All those things played in our favor. And I know the the critics will say, ah, they just got in because they're in a market and that's all that matters is market. And the market's super important. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the city of Charlotte was a huge, huge factor in helping elevate our profile and our case. But also just what we've accomplished here in recent years, and also it's not lost on the American what we've done in basketball in the past. Mike Oresco and I talked about that. He's been around a long time. He referenced our basketball pedigree. Okay, he knows. He mentioned the Final Four. He mentioned the NCAA tournament runs that we had. He knows that, right? And so just because we've been in a drought, you know, for whatever it's been now, 12, 13, 14 years, doesn't mean that we don't have a great basketball history. So, yeah, I I just have tremendous pride and happiness we do for our, for Niner Nation, because we did it. You know, we did it. We got in and I'm frankly, there's no way if you told me in, in 2018, when I was hired that three years later, you'd have an invitation to the American. I mean, that's, that's stunning to me that, that we've been able to move so quickly and I'm thrilled for our university. And before you go on, I was going to add too, that's not, you, there's still a lot of work, right? Cause you're now you're in a TV market, which you can add on in your closing here, but you're in a TV market where you're competing with South Carolina, you're competing with North Carolina um, to get to that next point. Now you got to reach a bigger fan base, right? So as you close, I would just like to know too, what, what your thoughts on, you know, competing with the big boys now? Well, I, you know, this is, like I said earlier, um, the, the real work begins now, you know, we have the platform, 
we've got to take advantage of the platform now. We've got to invest in our program. And that is going to require our fans and our supporters to step up. And it's going to require our alums who maybe aren't regular attendees to become more regular attendees. We're going to have to have that support to make this work. You know, this is what our our university and our, our fans said they wanted. Well, we got it, right? Okay, but now we have to step forward. We have to, we need to regularly sell out Jerry Richardson Stadium. That should That should be a foregone conclusion. We should be selling that building out. Basketball, our crowds have got to get better. And yes, I understand. We also need to perform at a level that 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 uh, our fans want to see. And I think they're going to be excited to watch our basketball team this year. You know, um, I, but I think we have done what we could do as a program the last three years. We talked a lot about it internally. Look, we can't control the decision-making process. Let's worry about us. And what did we do? We elevated the competitive level of our programs. We had the best year in our athletic program's history last year, top 100 overall in the nation, you know, for the first time overall, first in Conference USA, record-setting years in multiple sports, you know, and we're just scratching the surface here. But for our fans, we're going to have to have them step up, and that means buying tickets, coming to games, you know, annual giving, all those sorts of things if we're going to compete at the same level these other schools. And, of course, we're all chasing, right? We're all chasing some of these other larger programs that have been around for 200 years. Yeah, you know? especially their football teams has a long tradition, you know. it's That's the different, you know, so you think about, and I know I've said this a couple of times, Coach Ely doesn't like me to mention that we're only in our ninth season. Because at some point you have to shed the label that you're a young, new program. We're not a new program anymore, but we are a young program. You know, we have not been playing football for 125 or 150 years like like a lot of those schools, the Floridas, the Clemsons, the North Carolinas, right? So, but I think if you looked at those programs and where they were after 75 years and as an institution, you know, where they were versus where we are today, I think it's a remarkable story we have here. So we're excited and uh, can't wait to get going. Yep, Mike, I'd like to, you know, thank you again. And I'm just going to make a quick note. You know, our athletic pro- program and director and they, they're really good with the media and we really appreciate that. And, you know, just thank you. And this has been another episode of the Niner Sports Talk from Cameron Williams and Bradley Cole. I appreciate it again. Charlotte Athletic Director Mike Hill joining us. And, you know, always a pleasure to talk to you and we hope to do it again soon. Thank you, Cameron Bradley. Appreciate it. Go Niners.